You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hello there, Sheep Spotters. Welcome to episode 25 of the Sheep Spot podcast. I'm Sasha from SheepSpot.com. We offer diverse hand-dyed wools and the information and support you need to make those wools into beautiful yarns. Today, I'm going to talk to you about fiber festivals and take you behind the scenes into how I get ready for a fiber festival. I am recording this on May 17th, and I am in a week and two days, I am going to be vending at the Prince Edward County Fiber Festival here in Ontario. And so we in the studio are in high prep mode. And I just thought I would tell you about sort of how this works from my perspective. Probably you have some experience with fiber festivals as a shopper, um, but I thought I would just tell you a little bit about what it's like from the vending angle. So um, the first thing to, <clears throat> to understand about a fiber festival is that, excuse me, I'm sorry, I coughed in your ear. The first thing to understand about a fiber festival is that when you turn up on the day, you are usually turning up at an event that's been at least a year in the making. So generally speaking, um, the people who put on fiber festivals start planning the new one pretty much as soon as the old one uh, is finished. So the for the Prince Edward County Festival, I applied in... Ooh, Let's see. Sometime last summer, I think, actually. <laughs> um, so there's a process by which um, it depends on the festival, and the Prince Edward County Festival is quite a new one. So I don't think that they um, had tons, I don't think they have tons of people yet clamoring to vend there. But uh, with a well established festival, they usually send out a call for uh, proposals to vend to people who have vended there in the past first. Um, so if they're if they are really tight for space and there's a lot of demand for booth space, they usually ask the people who have already they've already worked with in previous years. Um, and then we'll open it up to new folks. And then uh, it, it's different with different festivals, but some places want you to submit a picture of your booth. Some places want to look at your website. Some places want to look at your product photography. It's, it's different from place to place. Um, Prince, for Prince Edward County, I don't think I needed to do much because as I say, this festival is only in its, I think, second year, maybe third year. Um, so they may still be, and it's a little out of the way. So Prince Edward County, this is in Picton, Ontario. 
Prince Edward County is this kind of luscious um, holiday spot right on Lake Ontario. Um, but it's a good three hours from Toronto. It's about an hour from Kingston. So it's, it's somewhat out of the way spot. And I was really excited about the possibility of vending there because my brother-in-law and his partner have just built a cottage nearby. So I knew I had a fabulous place to stay. Um, and that was a big factor. I'll just confess in my deciding to apply to this. So anyway, so I applied, I was accepted and uh, that happened, you know, months and months ago. And so I put it on the calendar and the calendar is a, a never ending work in progress in which I'm trying to balance things like, when am I going to launch the fiber club? When am I going to launch the fleece club? And when am I going to do shows and how am I going to have the time to prepare for the shows and all that stuff has to sort of get factored into a calendar. And this show actually came at a really, um, a really good spot. So I decided to apply and I was accepted. And, and then the process of actually getting stuff ready happens, it starts to happen maybe about two weeks, two months in advance. And what I'll do is I'll sit down with a list of my current inventory a list of my colorways, and I have a sense of which of my colorways um, sell most quickly, and also a list of the undyed fibers I have in stock and how much I have of them in stock, and and also how many dyeing days I have between the time I'm doing all this planning and the actual date of the show. Usually I dye um, about 12 bumps of the same colorway at once. So usually in the studio, I'll choose kind of a colorway for the day, and then I'll do it on a bunch of different fibers. And as I get ready for Prince Edward County, I'm dyeing 12 fibers. So I'm doing... Um, that means I'm doing three batches of hand-painted colorways. And while I'm doing those, I can also immersion dye a semi-solid colorway. So usually what I do is I think about what my most popular bases are, and I will do those in both the multicolored and in a semi-solid that coordinates with the multicolored but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So, so back to the planning process. So in the planning process, I look at all these factors, I figure out how many days I have, and then I try to remember to subtract one because I'm never, ever going to get as much done as I think I can. And then I map out what specific colorways I'm going to be dying when. I look at the individual colorways and I figure out which color out of them I want to do as a semi-solid. And I basically make up a big schedule of what's going to get dyed when. And at that point, I give the schedule to my fabulous studio assistant, Danielle, 
And she actually does the mixing of the dyes. So I have come up with a dye formula, which is the percentages of the various primary colors I use. I've come up with a dye formula for each of the color colors in each of the color ways. And when Danielle knows when I'm going to be dyeing a given color way, it's her job to make sure that I have the dye formulas mixed so that I can just come in and, uh, and get things dyed. So she also does this wonderful thing where she weighs out all the fiber for me and she prepares it to go into the, um, to go into soak because all the fiber has to soak before it gets dyed. And I like to tie up the individual bumps of fiber so that they don't get disrupted too much in the process of soaking and then dyeing. And she does all that. So once I figured all that out and Danielle is kind of doing her part and I'm planning my part, uh, then we are at the end. Oh, sorry. And there's another thing that we do at that point, which is that Danielle and I do together, which is think about what bats we want to make, what colorways we want to make for the bats. And we try to do those in colorways that I'm not necessarily dying um, on top and roving for the show so that we have a um, broader variety of colorways. And then, uh, so she's busy doing all her stuff. She's mixing the dyes. She's prepping the stuff to be dyed. She is dying for the bats and making the bats. And, uh, so she's in the studio two days a week and she's doing that stuff. Well, usually while she's doing stuff in the studio, I'm at home doing, um, more sort of admin stuff and making the podcast and doing things like that. And then on the days when I'm actually going to come in and die and try to get a whack of stuff done, I come in and um, uh, basically I've got it down to a science. So I um, start the dye pots and I measure out dye and I apply dye to fiber. I my um, most of my colorways I steam, so I um, the hand painted colorways I put out on the table and apply the dye to them, and then roll them up in plastic wrap and steam them. And I've discovered that I can easily do um, about four pounds of fiber in a day. So I usually try to do three batches of the multicolored colorways, and then I'll do one batch of the semi-solids. And um, so when I first started doing this, my impulse is always to try to provide as much variety as possible in the booth. So I want to have as many colorways as possible, and I want to have as many fibers as possible, since that's kind of my niche. Um, that's the, that's the thing that differentiates Sheep Spot from other fiber companies, um, which is that we just try to have a lot of different breeds and stocks. So, um, so I had to figure out a system whereby I could 
um, put different breeds together, um, you know, sort of line them up on the table side by side and then wrap them up and steam them and then rinse them and hang them up and all the while remembering what, knowing what breed, breed was which. And this took, this took a little doing, but uh, I have figured it out. So I put um, together in batches fibers that are very, very different from one another so that I can easily tell them apart. And then actually on my drying rack, I have assigned different spaces to different um, kinds of wool. And, uh, and I mark all the batches with, uh, with painter's tape. So it's a little elaborate, but it gets the job done. And I'm fairly confident that I've never sold anybody the wrong breed. Um, so that goes, that process goes on for basically as many days as I have. Um, and so every day I'll come in, I'll do another colorway and an another multicolored colorway and another semi-solid. And those get braided up and just put in, in boxes. Uh, again, labeled clearly so that we know which is which. And then Danielle is usually the person who comes in and does the labeling and the pricing. So everything uh, I sell by the gram. So every bump needs to be weighed and it needs to have its price figured out based on the price per gram. And it needs to be labeled and uh, given also a label for the colorway. So that's a fairly elaborate process and it can take a good bit of time. So normally she's um, kind of doing that as we go along so that we don't have to try to do it all the night before. The first couple of shows I did, I actually did label everything the night before and I was doing it by myself and I was, it was not good. So we try to sort of have that process be ongoing. And I think that that works a lot well, a, a lot better for me. I'm, it's really better if I'm not trying to label things the day before. Um, so once that all happens and we've got all the fiber ready, uh, everything's labeled, everything's got a price on it, all the bats are ready, um, then it is time to pack up and head to the show. So if I'm doing a show that I can um, easily drive to and drive back from the same day, I will go the day before and set up the booth the day before so that I don't have very much to do the morning of the show. So that's what I do for the Kitchener Waterloo Knitters Fair, which is about uh, an hour and 15 minutes away. That's what I do for the Woodstock Fleece Festival, which is even closer to me. For this show, though, um, it's a good mm, probably four-hour drive. So uh, what's going to happen is we're going to load up on we're going to load up on the Thursday and then drive on the Friday, set up the booth, and then I'll stay overnight at my brother-in-law's and head to the venue first thing Saturday morning. Uh, and this is going to necessitate actually renting a trailer for uh, so that we can get all the stuff for the booth plus all the 
product. Um, I have a booth set up that involves, uh, I, don't, I don't like to use the tables that they give you for the booths for a variety of reasons. So anyway, so I have shelving for the booth. Um, it's very lightweight, it's packs flat, but it still requires a certain amount of room. Uh, and it can be difficult for me to get everything into our rather small Honda in one trip. So, um, so normally this isn't a problem if I can just go bring stuff th the day before and then maybe bring some more stuff the next day. Um, but in this case, we're only making one trip. So I need to rent the trailer, which I really should do anyway. Um, and then uh, we drive to the venue um, sometimes it's me and Danielle, sometimes it's just me, sometimes it's me and my adorable and fabulous husband. Um, but at any rate, we get to the venue the day before we set up the booth and get everything arranged and make sure that everything, that there, everything has signs and that, um, you know, we're just all sort of ready to go. And then I go home and, uh, frankly, take an Ambien because otherwise I won't sleep. And then I'll be cranky the next day and that will be bad. So uh, go to sleep, wake up way early in the morning because these things tend to start quite early. And one needs to be there about an hour before the doors open just to make sure everything's set. And then the doors open and then it's just, you know, talking to people, explaining things, offering whatever assistance I can as they make their decisions, providing information about the breeds and what they're best used for. And generally, you know, yakking with some spinners, which is always nice. Um, and generally the mornings are, are pretty busy I don't know why spinners are such early risers, but we seem to be. I am not, but anyway. Um, so usually the mornings are pretty, pretty busy until about 11, and then there's, a, then there's this kind of slow point, which picks up again sort of in the early afternoon, and then there's always this lull around 3.34, which is when I always want to take a nap. So I usually go and get coffee at that point. And... Uh, after the show's over, I always think one of the most amazing things about this business is how long it takes people to set up their booths and how little time it takes them to break them down. People are out of there in like, I don't know, it seems like 15 minutes to me. Um, so there is this sense of like everybody just throwing things into back boxes and then running. Um, which, yeah, people are tired. It's been a long day, usually. So um, at that point, once we've got everything packed up and in the trailer, we will head back to my brother-in-law's and spend the night. We'll probably stop somewhere and have a nice dinner. And then we will come home the next day. So that is the story of how this all works. Um, and I think that that's all I've got for you. I hope that that was 
at least a little bit interesting, let me know. You can always reach me at Sasha at sheepspot.com. S-A-S-H-A at sheepspot.com. There will not be a freebie for this episode, but there will be an Instagram live next Wednesday at 6.30. Let me, and I believe that that is, let me just look at the date. Sorry, guys, I should have this written down, but I don't. Okay, next Wednesday is the 23rd of May. And so I will be doing a little companion Instagram live for this episode. And it's just going to be a little tour of the studio and a little look at the systems I use to keep things organized and keep us on track in terms of getting prepared. And as I say, that will be next Wednesday, May 23rd at 6.30. And I hope you will come by. You'll need to follow me on Instagram. I'm sheepspot on Instagram, and you will need to follow me in order for the live to be available to you. Um, I think that's, I think that's it for this week, guys. Um, I hope that you have a wonderful week. I hope that the weather is beautiful where you are. And, um, I'll see you next week when we're going to talk about some color management techniques for multicolored fiber. I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you are too. Thanks so much for listening. And, I can't wait to talk to you again next week. All right. Take care, guys. Go spin something. (music) 